Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Action. Welcome to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. And thanks for the intro, Brad. Action. Absolutely, for sure. It's good. It's good. You know what's funny, though? I got to tell you this. That oh, what's that? I've had people say, I like the podcast. I like how you guys do an intro to it and a close every week. And, there, you know, it's yeah, it's yes, all that stuff. So people like it. Yeah. But the clapboard's amazing, isn't it? Except for we've got a lot of complaints about the stupidity of Brad's. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. And cut. Yeah, you know where that hey. is, right? I mean, you know where that came that, from. That is total BS bleep, and you know it. There's no complaints about that. As a matter of fact, I just got a text. Uh, no, that's a, bullshit. It was you know that. You there know is that. complaints. Uh, There's complaints. I complain about it every week. It starts with me. I complain about it every week. I don't need sound effects or, or your uh, imaginary graphics. Yeah, well... No, you got to do it like this. Oh, I'm oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's got to have the proper uh, way approach to it. Yes. Too. Okay. Well, whatever. Right. How going. stupid Keep is going. that? So we digress. We have no new bones in the bone cave. I just want you to know that. But we do have a Butterfinger candy bar because I am uh, absolutely one ever. You didn't get enough lunch, huh? Um, no, I had that chicken and shrimp, which was really healthy. And if you portion that, it's like 700 calories, which would be like perfect. like ramen noodles or something? No, 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 no. It was a chicken and shrimp with uh, onions. It's the Bourbon Street chicken and Applebee's. Oh, that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And and, oh, and, and, yeah. and the mashed potatoes. So it's gluten-free. It's super healthy. It's just this like and, – but It's like my favorite thing on their menu. But I'm frustrated. I don't get depressed, but I get frustrated in life. And when I get frustrated, then I need – um. I digress immediately to shitty food. Yeah, you need a butterfinger, right? And I've 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 kind of done my own analysis, or uh, what would it call be called when a doctor uh, checks you out? A like prognosis. A prognosis I've created, yeah, yeah, I've created my own diagnosis. Um, yeah, but the diagnosis there. Thank you. My diagnosis is that I'm allergic to gluten, and so I've been on high proteins, lost weight. I've, I you know, and and I I've lived a high protein diet most of my life, low carbs my adult life. But the last four or five years, I've had this, um, this nasal drain and just this terrible, awful phlegm. And it's like almost like I'm choking on my own snot, right? And I don't it mean to be gross. a lovely thought. Yeah. Well, Brad teases me because when I'm hunting and stuff, I'd have to get done eating. And yeah. Especially if I shoot something and I was yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah. So I was reading some stuff on a health forum. It's actually for sheep hunting stupid thing and some guy made some comment on the comments why well, just i'm 50 years old i just found out i'm allergic to gluten and i'm like so i started then so you were down that rat hole right right and so i was like dude i have some of these same things maybe i'm allergic to it so i cut gluten out yeah make a difference <laughs> changed my life whoa totally changed my life Changed my life too. I didn't have to hear him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like he was in labor. <laughs> you don't have like, to hear. Heck, you don't have brother. to be here be pouring phlegm. <laughs> it's like you had this <laughs> constant piece of yeah. uh, plastic creating in the back. You're yeah. pulling it out. I mean, it's oh like it's. Word. It was my superpower. Oh. Oh. Anyway, uh, no, why are we being so descriptive yeah. about the snot building up in the back of my throat? 
okay, I guess that's going to be my job to uh, clean that up. No, no, that should be not edited. <laughs> In full, here's what happens. So, so without the, digressing any further, <laughs> let's get on to what the topic of today is, which is we are going to do question and answers from questions of our listeners. Yeah, and, and before, uh, before you get started, Brian, if I may, you can... You may do yeah. whatever within so, reason. So, you can contact... Uh, uh, specifically the podcast comes right to my inbox. Hello at rbohome.com. If you have questions, if you have uh, comments, feedback, suggestions for the podcast, that's what we highly encourage you to do. And that's where these come from. So we're so glad that we're starting to get a steady stream of these. So maybe periodically, you guys, we can take a few of these uh, every few episodes. We're not know. doing it again. This is the last time. Oh, okay. So it's a no, shitty idea. I'm just going to make that it's a shitty idea. proclamation. So anyway, thanks, Blake. Appreciate. That. I appreciate you taking some heat off me because usually it's to uh, me that he. Gets oh, don't down. I verbalize right now? Oh yeah, it is. It is usually you. There you go. <laughs> All right. So you had uh, you had some archery questions, Bleep. You said there were. Yeah, uh, we did. We actually did. Fixed blade versus expandable. It's funny because Brian, I think you've shot expandable archery heads for a long time. Yes. And I've never have. Not one so time. I was uh, when, so what happened when they came, when they hit the market? Obviously, I never had. I was always I shot the Hoyt uh, XTs, um, and I liked those because they had the bleeder blade, and they were a lot like uh, a they were like fixed the Fred blade. Bear. Yeah, they're like, like the a Fred, Fred Bear, Bear fixed, but modern day cool, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 they were uh, um, you know uh, the whole thing, surgical grade blades. Da 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 da. Yeah, so yeah, anyway, yeah. I shot those forever, and then. Um, they discontinued them and then I bought a shit ton of them. Right. So then I had them cause I was like, mm -hmm. dude, these, I can tune these with, I used to shoot two and a half inch with four fletches. So you did the same thing with your archery tackle as you did with your rifle gear. Well, it was you way before I got in the rifle gear yeah, cause I'm you, a kid from Iowa, right? You're, you're so, a young buck with a bow. Yeah. That's how young, we all started. Right? Exactly. Same thing in here. Cause so, it was easier to get your bow, go get two dozen arrows, yes. get blah, blah, blah. Yes. And you shoot for... You shoot for 300 bucks for a year. All summer long. All year, yep. So then, well, until way before it was Cameron Haynes cool, we were shooting out at 100 yards. Then it got a little interesting because we started eating arrows. But it was still cheaper than bullets, right? right? Um, because once you had it done. But uh, um, anyway, uh, so let's not digress, Brad. You, you, you actually, I'm going to blame you for always chasing these rabbits. So anyway, um, that was just fun to say. All right. Yep. <laughs> You know what? Today I'm ornery. We should probably not be doing a podcast. So anyway, um, it's just coming through. You're always ornery. Nap. Well, I, you know what? Not to NAP. Mention, what? Yeah. Rabbit season opens today in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, this there you go. Big, I shot a lot of rabbits. Well, for me, it's, it's archery elk season today, and in we're South doing Dakota. a podcast. But yeah. it is 100 as we're degrees. recording. Yeah. It's okay. 100 degrees, and guess who has their cooler on, waiting for archery? Uh, yeah, where elk. you were a year and ago. And I have I have people that have requested my presence, and they said it was too hot. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's so, your tag. <laughs> so, so anyway, let's back up and answer the question. So what happened was, that, you know, the, the evolution of this became more and more apparent that you wanted a smaller a diameter, something that, uh, you know, didn't uh, plane out and, and would not carry the arrow shaft and, uh, you know, basically uh, play a feather or a fletching downrange. So the... Uh, mechanical broadhead came to play, and I always thought since day one, I was like, dude, that's a genius idea. But what I didn't like about it was the chisel points. 
um, because I'm a cut-on contact guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to cut on contact. I, I subscribe to the fact that you're going to get more penetration immediately from a cut on contact. Now, I think there's no argument there from anybody, is there? I, I don't know because some of the chisel uh, head guys are like, yeah, but you're going to get 10 times more penetration. Break because the you bone. Break right, 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 right. That's what my friend Ed Gund always told me. Yeah. That very so, same thing. So there's this argument, right? And I don't, I, I'm not going to chase that and get in the weeds on whether that is or not. You just ask me. Mm-hmm. So NAP about three years after I started seeing them, NAP came out with a cut on contact and they have not deviated from it. And well, you, you saw it last year. Yeah. I, I killed yeah. an elk with it. And what it, in, in, in true story and in true fashion, yeah, uh, blood like a mother. How much blood was there? It was, it was more than a little. And did it even get inside? And I don't think we've ever said this publicly, but did that arrow even get inside the rib cage of that animal? No, you severed. <laughs> what did I sever? You severed an artery. So right when I went to shoot my elk, it moved and it got jackknifed because it was locked up with another one. And it was it was 30. It was like 44 yards away. I took three steps because I'm like, if I get to like the 39, and I remember ranging it going, I'm going to take four big steps. I'll be inside of 40. So I'll just put my 40-yard pin on it and smoke it, right? And this was the thought process. Right when I shot it, I'm sure Brad was going, actually, what would you think? Because I, I, I walked up to him and I said, I was really surprised you took that angle. <laughs> and in my brain, in my go, brain. And he goes, know. what angle? <laughs> I told him, I said, yeah. I said, what the, I, I, my, you know, it, with the more explicit words, I'll try to, I go, what are you talking about? Angle. And he goes, Brian, that thing was quartering away That was just because I remembered that's right. That was a yeah. gutsy, that was a gutsy shot, Brian, but go, it looks like it worked. Look at the blood. It's just like everywhere. It's like you sprayed a garden hose. I go, Brad, wow. he was completely broadside. And he goes, Brian, he was completely quartering away. And I'm like, Brad, no. And he goes, Brian, I filmed it. I go, good, let's watch the film. I'm like, holy sh**. So here's what happened. Right when I shot, my brain was already locked on that crease of the elbow of that um, thing. And I had had an anchor point and I had an aiming point to, you know, just set my pin on. So I release, it hits right. I mean, I watched, I watched those red fletchings hit and that on that yellow hide and I watched that arrow go in like this far and I was like dude he's dead it hit the uh, leg on the opposite side and I was excited about it and Brad's like mm, I don't think that's what you think it is yeah I was like oh this could be t- this could be touch and go now this now we got our work cut out for him and we walked up and there was blood freaking everywhere so then i'm sitting there going hmm now i look at the video and i'm like brad i'm gonna take some deference from your commentary here and uh, we're gonna sit this one out and he goes "Mm, boy that's a lot of blood brad and i'm like hey what i thought and what actually happened were two different things even though it's a lot of blood let's sit here for half an hour and dave and brad and i were like yeah no problem and so we're sitting there, and I am just dying because I want to go up and see the first bull I've ever killed. And now I'm starting to question it. You know, every archer first, goes First bull you've killed with the bow. Yeah, first bull yeah. I've killed with the bow. Sorry. Yeah. And so then my, my brain goes through the, um, the, this, the archery. I made a shot. Oh, sh- Download in your brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I was, I was like, oh, this could be tough. I've lost a bull and shot in the same place. Yeah, I've shot. I've shot. I've taken that shot. And I, well, the yeah. end of the story is we got the we got the bull. Um, he went a hundred yards. If and, that. Yeah, and you could have taken a bucket 
and not poured more blood out in that in that blood trail. He kept he kept fighting for because you got an, an didn't you get another arrow knocked? Uh, well, I got another arrow knocked. He kept fighting for like thirty seconds. Yeah, before and you didn't get another shot. But then he came running right by us. Oh, I got and the one behind shot. him is glunking, you know, just going oh, crazy. Oh man! Oh yeah, it's unbelievable yeah. footage. These were both locked up. Oh yeah, weird. yeah. So anyway, I was like, I was like, wow, maybe because I'm I'm exactly the opposite. I've never shot an animal with an expandable. I've always used. But you were impressed with that. I was impressed with that because it bled like crazy. So that's the only one I've used. That's not true. I've killed some with a rage with a deer and I've never had a I've had one problem with a rage. I had one of those those unilock things not open expand one time. And uh, it flew goofy. It ended up killing the animal. Uh, the other, the other four animals I killed with a rage. It did leave a, a hole like an axe, but this left a hole like an axe. I like the NAP three blade um, because it uh, absolutely one hundred percent. It's got that magnetic um, or whatever it was that holds them, and, oh. and it opens up and uh, it it shoots really well. So and it it it's unbelievable. Well, it definitely worked for you. Um, How about you? Well, I'm uh, I'm the old uh, Chuck Adams. I had a big archery hunting Bible or something from him, and I just kind of like, dude, this guy's super successful. Of course, that was that was in like the early '90s, right? And uh, so I just followed his formula. I I would shoot fingers at the time. Palmer and I we'd have a contest because we shot all the time when we were at the med center. And uh, all weekends we'd go down. We had an indoor range. It was cool. But, uh, um, you know, I've, I've evolved. But f- from that, from the from probably early 90s, I've always shot a uh, fixed blade cut on contact. And I will, if everything's not razor sharp, I, I resharpen it. So um, we don't talk yeah, a lot about bow, you, bow hunting, but, you, but we, we're, we're, we're both proficient bow hunters. We just do it. Oh man. I, I, that's how, you know, that's oh, all it's, I hunted and, and, uh, um, yeah, absolutely. I love bow hunting and nothing, uh, not I'm absolute. In, I'm intrigued by the, uh, the cut and cut, but I, and I actually bought some and I bought some, um, they are, they're a cut on contact. So they kind of have the same thing. They, uh, you start. You have an. You you have a for sure. I might try those this year. You have a for sure cut on contact razor head, and then and then it's got wings that come out. Um, I can't even remember what they are. Blood sport or something. But I haven't used them. But they, they do intrigue me a little bit. Um, but yeah. So I don't know what the right answer is, but I think more more and more people. But you I don't think I, there's a right or wrong. You and answer. I both have the, our bows are tuned really, really, you know really what, well. I love what Greg Lessinger said. If you go back on that um, podcast, and and maybe he he explained that really well. And and he's a dedicated bow hunter. Where I would say I'm a dedicated rifle hunter. Yeah. Um, for the most, who's part. an opportunist that. Bow hunts that, that bow hunts at age fifty three, right? And I used to be a dedicated bow hunter right. in the Midwest, I, and I think it's easier for a Midwestern person to be a dedicated bow hunter because the, the you have an extended season back there. Here out west, you have a limited season on bow hunting and an extended rifle season. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's it's absolutely one hundred percent in reverse. Yeah. Do you, you you know what I mean? And so. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, but he had made a comment because I had called him and said, "Dude, you're you're an elk hunter, 
I respect and appreciate, and uh, he's he's with uh, Huntworks, right? Um, right yep, go check right. him out, Greg Glessinger. I, if you haven't followed him, you should follow him. He's a great friend of Rolling Bones. We partner with his television show. He's an amazing guy um, but, and, and a killing machine. But the fact of the matter is I thought he said it best, and I feel the same way with rifle calibers. Shoot what you're most comfortable with because that's what's going to perform the best for you. And I thought that's great advice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but now some outfitters won't let you come with a fixed broad, a fixed blade broadhead. Uh, expandable. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly opposite. Right. Expandable. Yep. Some some outfitters won't let you come and shoot uh, with a six creed more or even a six five anymore. A six five PRC is not big enough to kill elk with. Yeah, it's not big enough to kill an elk. Wow. Some outfitters subscribe to that. Well, you know what? That's great. Um, then, then if you want to hunt their place, you hunt what they ask. And I think that that's, uh, they're right. And, uh, I think that's what they should do. Yeah. So anyway, that's that one. Um, what you, what you had a couple others. There was, was a release one, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, the different the, types of re- release. What do you release like from my bow? Do you recommend a release? Well, yeah, I think everybody shoots a release. Now I've shot. Well, no, I think there's a lot of finger shooters. Uh, the, Trad you know, bow the, stuff. Yeah. And, and the, uh, um, and the traditional, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I had a custom bow uh, recurve made. And right. You've seen it. Yeah. And I had three of them above the door at one time. Yeah. Well, that's Noah's, Lucas's, and mine. Mm-hmm. So I had all three of us a custom uh, recurve made. I would really like to shoot a black bear on the ground with a recurve. <laughs> I know you're like, whatever. But I think, but but for the most part, I think releases are right. Yeah. But you got the wrist strap index finger release. You have a handheld thumb trigger release. Did you ever shoot a? I did. A clicker and yes, all that and uh, competition. Uh, yes, handheld thumb trigger release yeah. is what I shot. I did. Yeah. Shoot. I think that's pretty standard, isn't it? For yeah, or the finger trigger release. Yeah, you know, um, oh, uh, in competition. Yeah, in competition, mm-hmm. the, the the pressure releases, but the four finger one. But I got to tell you, for me, um, I didn't. It did. I didn't see a significant enough difference to not use my trigger post the post trigger release uh, set it. Because back you know, in the Stone Age, you shot ounces. at a pretty high level. Shot at a really high level, I would say. But anyway, um, did you chisel your own broadheads back then too? Flint and steel. No, I just told you how what I bought dip. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I use the handheld tension release. Yeah. So yeah, you know what? There's uh, um, the the wrist strap. Index finger release is probably the most common. Well, that's and what I—that's what I use, and I use it for a simple reason, because it works in my system. It's always on my wrist. I don't set it down and walk off and leave it in the mountains and just stuck there. I think that from that perspective, I like that too, and I like—I like a rope one or a strap one yeah, a versus a cable one. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like that is because I can then take my plug, okay, because I always shot a Scott's plug, Scott's mini plug, just with a tiny little thing, and it hung on a rope when I was shooting competitively. Mm-hmm. And then you could take that rope and that plug and stick it stick right it. under oh, your yeah. wrist, and there it was. It was hands-free. Like, it was just, just hands-free. It was just like a watch. Yep. It was like you were wearing a watch. Exactly. So you're yeah. hunting. So mine, mine's got the same rope. I've never tucked mine. Oh, out. yeah. Mine just dangles. Right. So if you even if you shoot a medium-sized plug, you can stick mm-hmm. that thing in there mm-hmm. and uh, no problem. So, so that's that's what I always shot. What's your farthest bow kill 
67 yards on an antelope with Jimmy Walls. I missed him the first day. I didn't have my rangefinder. Oh, yeah. And, it, and I sent it with Noah, and I thought he was 57, and I shot right underneath him. The next day, he came in the exact same place, started drinking the exact same day. I have this figured out now. <laughs> and, and now I got a rangefinder. I got my and I know exactly how far he is, and I, I, uh, I smoked him at 67 yards. I killed a doe at 83 yards one time. Oh, yeah. But, but that's not a trophy animal. Right. And I'm not saying a doe's not trophy because it doesn't have horns. The meat's a trophy, absolutely, right. um, without question. So I don't don't send me hate email on that comment. Okay, um, it's not that I was killing any of them for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Um, I'm just telling you that usually when there's a trophy animal out there and there's that type of tension, I would not have shot one at 83 yards because my nerves would have probably been not comfortable to. But a doe did not have the same uh, intensity created in my uh, um, application. And so it was 83 yards. Yeah. 112 yards right now is where my range is set at. But um, I shoot a – I have an old, goofy – traditional setup you know mine's all set up for archery elk uh, we used to hunt archery elk hunt so i'm not a, i'm not a long range shooter in in my bow world mine's just set up for plugging an elk uh with a cut on contact broadhead in the timber and, yeah, which, and that's which, that's how i have everything set up for which, it's all the same I, I use the same setup for everything which makes sense jason he's used thunderheads for forever and he yeah. just switched to montex Oh, he did. Does he like a couple years ago? Yeah, he likes the. You know, I couldn't get the Montex to fly, you know, super well. His setup, Dave's setup, my setup are all, all kind of exactly the same. Two hundred and seventy-five, two hundred and eighty feet per second. Um, cut on contact, broadhead, made for elk. We use it for everything else. Um, that's kind of what what we've always used. So, uh, um, nap kill zones. Nap kill zones was your GMO. Um, are are good, but I'm trying to find the other one. It's the uh, Nap Spitfires. Oh. Yeah, you remember. Yeah, Nap yeah. Spitfires, three packs. Uh, they're not an expensive broadhead. They're 40 bucks. Well, I don't know if that's a cheap broadhead, but the Nap three pack is what I use, not the kill zone. 13 bucks a broadhead is not cheap then, is it? <laughs> so I like the Nap um, Spitfire three packs. I've killed everything with them, and it bled that uh, out. They're very close. I would say that the Grim Reaper Pro Series – the three-blade Grim Reaper um, paid some homage in its design to the Knapp uh, Spitfire. Mm-hmm. I think Knapp's from Iowa, too. Is it? I don't know. I, I think they are. I, I should find out. So, anyway, um, uh, what's the other question? Now we've talked about the new rifle. Uh, I heard you talk about your new rifle. What makes it better, in your opinion? Well, it's got, a, it's got an amazing action. Um, the action's the centerpiece of it. The stock is amazing. Um, they're all coupled together. They're tuned to shoot high BC bullets. Um, I like the trigger. The trigger's really good. So I was a jewel guy. Whoever I don't know who asked that question, but I was a jewel guy. All I wanted was a jewel because in the long-range shooting game with a bow, um, the reason I used the Scott's plug and had two or three of them because I never want to use them because of the trigger. It was the crispest, lightest trigger I could find that all I had to do is touch it, bam, it went off, right? And so in this game, I think trigger is a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I love the adjustability of this new trigger that we are running in them, it's expensive, well worth the money. Yeah, trigger's great. Just giving you – Stock is – 
The ergonomics yeah. of the stock are fantastic. The action is smooth, smooth, smooth. Um, yeah, and it all comes together as a system. Uh, you know, the scopes that we have that we're using are absolutely amazing. So, yeah, it's you a know, whole so, system. So it's a I whole said, system that I comes said together. the trigger because it's a, it's a new-to-market trigger. But it is, and then I'd say the stock. I, I'm giving. I'm breaking it down in specifics. Yeah. It is the system, but I like the stock. Just to answer this question with a little detail from my perspective. So um, uh, the the other thing I, I like the uh, stock. Okay, um, I like the integrated uh, uh, pick rail, which we've had before. The recessed but, pick rail and the integrated Arca Swiss. But I like the, that's what yeah. I was going to say. The way the pick rail is recessed into the stock. It's very ma- nice. It, it it it's super nice, and it just it makes that. The, even if you keep your bipod on, or I should say, not if, when you keep your bipod on, it creates a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, a tuck under feeling for it, and just that that quarter half inch of uh, recessment. I, I like it. I think it's it's nice. Yeah. And it adds something. And then uh, the Arca um, integrated Arca rail platform mm-hmm. on it, boom, genius. Yeah. Because now I can take a kid out uh, to the lease. And I don't have to use – I can I can. It's change. so much easier. Like last year. I can change we, my attitude approach and application because yep. I have that. Was it Mason or Bailey that said, where's your tripod, Dad? And I was like, uh, it's gone. It's not with me today. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, that there's a them, big comfort comfort factor. For them, in, yep. it's amazing. Yep. For me to jack around putting it in there, yeah, I'm, you don't, I'm as yeah. proficient as sitting down on my hammers and yep. knocking it out. Right. But you know what? That's for a guy that shoots 50 days a year. Right. Which we need to go do tomorrow. 50 days a year. I would say. You don't think you shoot more than that, huh? Yeah, probably. But um, 50 days is a lot of days. I've shot the last two days. I haven't. I didn't get to shoot last night, did I? Still, two of the last three days. Yeah. You think you shoot more than 10 I days a month? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, so probably I'm thinking not. 50 days is a lot. But anyway. Yeah. So, but I think we well, do. Well, in the summer, I was just saying, yeah, so well, much. almost every day. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, but that's what I, I like know. about it. Now, we I got one more thing yeah. on the new rifle that I like. What is it? Color. <laughs> I do like the color because orange is my favorite. <laughs> I the know weight. it is. The weight. The weight. I do like the, the weight. weight is the, those are all things. Yeah. Okay. Um, Barrel. I like the packability. I think it's the right weight, not a light weight. And it is yeah. light, but I think it's the right weight. But you, you guys can't think of one thing that I would like better. It comes with what most rifles don't come with. Actually, 99.9% of the rifles don't come with it. It comes with a day of shooting class. Ah. And that's the yeah. most important part about what Jeff Sipe and Badlands Rifles doing. Yeah. It's, it's without question, you go buy a $10,000 rifle, and then you got to pay $1,000. Okay, let's say, let's say you buy a $13,000 rifle. Some of them have a day of shooting. But but it's it's lay on the bench, know your MOAs, or sit on the bench, know your MOAs, do that. Okay, you can go to the you can go down to the range and find a guy that knows how to do that. We're gonna this rifle comes with a day of shooting. I think that's yeah, that's thing. nice. You had an, you had one in the shooting here. What do you talk about in the classroom portion? Um, in your shooting schools too. On that was one of the shooting. We should next time we do these, we should get some names. I think. Uh, of who yeah, I wondered about that. So yeah. next time, because then we give them a shout yeah, out. I think we should give you know yeah, we send these in shout out. Um, I hear shooting. What do you teach? Uh, we teach. Uh, oh my gosh, it's uh, well, we've cut it down from five hours to. We three. teach you how to build a natural point of aim. Yeah, 
and the fundamentals of marksmanship. And the Those fundamentals are two of the, of marksmanship. Two of the things that we really are funda- the, the, the fundamentals. The fundamentals in of that is how to squeeze. So ammo uh, how to squeeze the trigger. How to squeeze the trigger. Most guys are chicken cheek chokers, man. They want to um, reach all the way in there, bury their knuckle up to the third knuckle, and grab that trigger. And and you can't pull it straight back when you're reefed around like this, and right. you're going to pull up. So just the whole thing. I think following your shot square to the shoulder, sight alignment. Um, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, just getting people comfortable like they've never been before. And even after the first hour without a bullet fired on that first day, people, people, but, but that's not, that's not the classroom portion, but um, setting up your rifle. Uh, we used to cover that a lot. We don't do that as much now because most people shoot our rifles, but um, they can, um, you know, on the twos and threes. Um, setting up your rifle if it needs some adjustment. But we spend a lot of time. MOA, Max Ord, reading the wind. Um, you know, reading the wind we spend a fair amount of time talking about, but it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's really a hands-on practice. It's hard to show them pictures of mirage and things like that. Um, but that's, you know, that's... Rain gear. I don't. Uh, somebody asked the question of all the gear that you would buy. What piece of gear would you not skimp on? One hundred percent rain gear, boots. Actually, you know what we need to do? We need to tell Jake Bleep to run the Paramount rain gear on sale for Kings right now, because um, I just looked at the inventory. That's the best rain gear I've ever used. And and, that, and, and listen, I, I don't mean that because we sell it, but we do sell it. But they nailed it with that. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And we, by the way, we would love to give you a discount. Um, we're going to run a podcast special on that. It is uh, the first week. Is, it's September 2nd today. Oh, it's September did 1st. You, did you first. like the, uh, is this yeah, September the first? 1st? Yes. September 1st today. So September 1st through October 1st, 2023, if you're listening to this podcast, we will give you, we're, we're going to mark it down 15 to 20%. We'll run a sale on it. I just, I, you know, I don't want to say what, because then I get in trouble because there's that. What do you think of the Lycra or the? I don't like them. You don't? I, I cut mine out. Did you? Yep. I, so I was surprised. I liked them at first. And I don't get know wet. about it. That mine stayed wet for a. They get wet and yeah. stay wet. Yeah, that was, was the thing the only, I didn't like. the, So all I did was take a knife, and so I don't mind that it holds up here. Right. I feel like there's enough. So I actually investigated it after the first night, and then the second day when I went and put it back on, and they were still wet. I was like, that's the only thing that's wet on me. Well, that's not happening tomorrow, two days in a row, because yeah. you learn fast and you don't forget quickly on wilderness hunts so what i did just so you know brad is i cut that and then i cut the the thing that was hanging down for the pad and i cut this down so, so funny because that was out. the two th- that was the thing for both of us that we were both it was the only mm, the only thing things about, that make you go hmm huh? yeah it was the only thing I, and so no big deal that's an easy fix i feel like that's an optional feature yeah they put on there to use it it's like a radio in a truck right. they put it in there it doesn't mean you have to use it well my my guide <laughs> and wrangler were amazed by that because they were using another big name. That was company. on your Yukon hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And it rained and rained and rained. No, and my guide had Kuyu and, and and it was it was it was terrible compared to what I had. Yeah. But I was surprised because my uh my those was Lycra, I not supposed to say that name? I don't you know it's up to you. Yeah um, doesn't really make a lot of difference at this point. <laughs> hey you know what you can't take it away from Kuyu Nation. Right? Nation. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not the Kuyu cool guy. I'm well, just not that guy. Interestingly, both of my, my guide and my Wrangler, they were 
all into they they were super concerned because I had no camo on, like zero. Right, and they all Zip. wear, wear and they they yeah. thought it was the most important. And I was like, yeah, I'm usually. I doubt it. Yeah, so they thought it was important. They didn't make comment because my I was wearing you know my Paramount's gray. I had gray pants. Yeah, on you're, and you're I had, just as cut up as they are. Well, and you know what, though? Here's the thing. God bless those guys at Kuyu. They've created an amazing product. People have said to me before, you don't like it because they don't let you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, okay, okay, say, right? okay. And, and right. your, your point is I'm, I'm self-employed. I run a business. We have uh, booking agents all over, and we're selling uh, uh, branch locations to run your own agency right now. And uh, you want me to support something that's not going to pay my people or anybody. Yeah. Well, what if it's better? It's not. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so anyway, that, that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, about they were it. intrigued by my gators. You can, yeah. you, you can send me hate mail. Um, ballistics. How do you go about estimating bullet drop at shots more than three hundred years, which was supposed to be yards? Um, well, the easy way is to go shoot, document it. That's the super well, if, easy. If way. you're asking us how we do it, we chronograph it and know, or take it out and shoot it and know what the MOAs are. Yeah, we necessary. get we, we, we get a we get a rough estimate with a chronograph and we go out and shoot it and we shoot. We get data approved yeah, on uh, obtained, uh, obtained on, on previous, previous engagement. Yeah. Dope and not the type you smoke. And we use we use uh, we use uh, ballistic application uh, uh, ballistic apps. And we just validate. We use, you know, we used to use Shooter a ton, and it's. Uh, I think it's become unsupported. Uh, but we still, it's kind of still because it's. It was the original one that we used a lot, and got really, really comfortable with it, and we know it really well. It's the one that we still go back and uh, check to calibrate the others, and then we just go out and shoot the, shoot the data and find out if it's right and then we validate it if we need to validate it that's how we do it but we used well, to the shoot, reality is yeah. is that we validate it on every time yeah. we go out every engagement to shooting i was just in iowa with uh you know some unbelievable guys chip and jay and uh um uh the, jeff was uh, there um no um oh. jeff was there yes brendan uh brendan was there and then uh uh, Two other guys. They, 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 they all have like CJ, PJ, BJ, <laughs> J, uh, R, RJ. JJ? RJ. Anyway. Um, AJ? Uh, reality is. FJ re Cruiser? Shut up. <laughs> reality is we were at 940 feet. It was humid as hell. Elevation. Not elevation. And we had to adjust our wind call. And it was a little bit of a, you know, work on getting some data. So we do it every time. On every shot out past 300 yards. I always tell people our extended range shooting school is not to teach people how to shoot at 1,000 yards. You're going to shoot at 1,000 yards. But it's not to teach you how to shoot at 1,000 yards. It's to have you understand what it takes to make a 1,000-yard shot. So three to 500, you know how to efficiently do it, and you're proficient at laying down or sitting down or taking an approach to killing an animal to three to 500. Because when you go from one to 200-yard limit – to a three to five hundred yard limit changes your changes world. world. The other thing it does is it changes how much your guide likes you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I had a I did a gear consultation last night or the night it was to the night before, and uh, one of the questions I got is is how do I do my because the the one guy I think you know we have a lot of people who 
that the forums are useful and, and they're not useful on the oh, same thing, right? Boy. But I think he he lived down south and he he I don't know. I don't know how he came to be in long range shooting, but he asked me about having a data table for this because he's got a he's got a book uh, a hunt booked and it's a high elt- a high elevation hunt. So he's going to come from what uh, 50 feet, 100, 200 feet in elevation. And so he he uses an app. Um, so that's going to be helpful. But he asked about, and I showed him, we put our, we put our ballistic table on our turret. That's, that's the easiest place to put it. And he'd never seen that before. And one of the guys he's going with has, has a rifle with that also. Well, to answer that question also, Brad, not to interject myself here. I'm sorry, were you done? You, you interrupted, but that's okay. Go ahead and interrupt. (laughs) What did you have to say? (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm purging my emotions so I can <laughs> deliver what I was going to say. Every shot we take at an extended range, we work ve- – you can't – you always say you can't buy – Trigger time. Trigger time. Yeah. You have to go spend time on that trigger. And you have to get yourself set up where you can do that. And if you want to shoot past 300 yards consistently, accurately, the only way to get good at it is, guess what? Burn some powder and send bullets down. Shooting range. more than 300 yards. And, and understanding the components to make it repeti- repetitive. And those big yeah. three components are the bullet validation. What's the speed? What can it do? What's the wind on it? It's BC, bullet. Okay. Number two is the repeatability of your optics. Can you spin that turret and it goes the right way the same time every time? And number three, the validation of yards. Those are the three mechanical parts that you have to have to engage in understanding above all. And if you can't, then that's why we sold the range dial and dump. You send us your rifle, we'll do those three things for you. And I'm not, this isn't a solicitation for it, but that's what I was going to say. So much so that we came up with the range dial and dump for people because those are the three things we go do. Now, the fourth element is you getting your ass behind the rifle and making sure you squeeze the same type and know how to use your parallax and you make sure your gun's not canted because those are the three biggest things we see at the shooting school. You yank the trigger, you don't have your gun level, and you don't understand how to focus all those lenses to come together to have the reticle and the target on the same plane. So when you squeeze the trigger, the plane of those optics have all lined up for what you dialed your uh, um, uh, elevation to. Does that make sense? Yep. And so... Target acquisition is the, yeah, is no, a, is no, the target acquisition is, is, that's is, is, is something is you obstacle. can control, though. Yeah, but and that's an obstacle you need to learn too. Go out and see how many coyotes you can see on a night. Go spot and deer. Um, you know, go go just go get behind glass. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you don't know your bullet and the ballistics of it, you don't um, uh, have a uh, uh, a scope that can handle uh, extended range shooting. Okay, and not every scope can. No. Not every, yeah. Just because they put a sales and marketing piece on top of it called a turret that looks tactical doesn't mean it's going to do what you want it to do. 
Yeah. That, I think that has, that's one of the things that we did get into trouble with when people were bringing all their own stuff. Yeah. That was, that was a hard part. I went and bought a $600 Bushnell, nothing against Bushnell, but, but okay. And now I'm going to try to shoot this at 800 yards. Um, it does not have the ability to repetitively, you know, repetitively do that. So anyway, what's the next one? Getting into reloading. Go ahead. I'm just going to say before we move on, you you had touched on ballistic apps, um, yeah. and I remember we just we got a recent question from somebody just a couple of days ago, actually, wanting to know what apps. But we can do that in another podcast. I use Shooter we, still as my my old school one. I have Ford off, and I have AB. I use I'm using AB more um, because it's paired like uh, it's paired with all. Okay. They're pairing it with the binoculars now, so it it makes sense and. I, I went to I went to Brian Litz's course and hit the guys. He he's forgotten more than ninety nine point nine percent of the population will ever know about ballistics. That guy he is a stud, um, wow. and his and his his app is really good. I it's more expensive. To, I hate to discredit anything we're talking about here, bleep. I and I use the shooter app. It's the only one I have. Right, Brad's Doctor Ballistics. He's down. Yeah. Yeah, loading oh, every load, yeah. trying to figure out, you know, which is good, and I like that, and th- and that helps me in in our business. I sat in my tent and tried to figure out the last time I pulled up the a app on a hunting trip, so I could <laughs> kill something. Yeah, yeah could, I could not think. It. So yeah. I just want everybody on the phone to under or on the phone, everybody listening to this, our listeners. I can't remember one, a dozen, two dozen. I think the last time I wish I would have had my shooter app and an angle was on a sheep hunt with Jeff, and it, we were doing the Pythagorean the Theorem. Helped, yeah. The angle would have helped. That's all I needed. And if I'd had the shooter app, I could have just went right in there, put the angle. Well, realistically. would my shoot too, and yeah. it would have been perfect. Yeah, you just don't need – I mean, I haven't used an app while hunting for who knows how long. But we use it in the summer a lot. Yeah, a lot. You, yeah, uh, we use it in the that. summer at the <laughs> schools yeah. and yeah. setting a stuff lot. up. And, and, and I use it for other people. Yeah. But on I, a hunting for trip, other applied people, yeah. to killing this said animal yeah. that we, we paid money to go hunt, yeah. I, I can't remember. Probably the last time you used it was on that same hunt that you were talking about, which was 10 years ago. And we and we took a screenshot because I brought I, it. I felt better ten years. I ago. brought it up on your phone and took a <laughs> screenshot for you just so you had it as a backup. I remember. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. And and now I got to tell you. So and then yeah. I don't I don't run. Now some of you are going to say the argument to this is yeah, Brian, but you have one of those four thousand dollars geovids. You have one of those four thousand dollars Zeiss Swarovskis with all the data in there. Bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Okay. I run the the new one I run is the Geovid R is ten by forty two and it does have the angle. Okay, so now I can reference my app, or better yet, we put a Brad puts a uh, sticker. Um, I would say it's a I did for you chart. It's a yeah. chart, right? So then I can have a shoot to on windage and angle, so I could just go oh bump. Yeah, for some of our weird stuff, I do for you, but we don't normally do that. But that I did. But that's what made me think of when's the last time I used an app because that's the closest thing I used to using an app. Yeah, I knew I was at a. Well, I gave you. I gave angle. you your cut chart because I knew we were going on a steep, steep uh, hunt, and In we have fun, two yeah. of them this year. Well, there, you know, there's a community of folks out there that that 
I mean, they 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 love that stuff. No, I get uh, it, and, and, and I don't want to discredit and, that. And you know, it, it sounds like you know when it's learning and teaching tools, something that you're when you're on the range in the summertime, like you said, it's good for you, help your understanding, for, help your learning. Yeah, for hunting, there's nothing better than having your data on your turret. I I, I mean. And I remember we used to remember the arguments that we had with John Burns because he was the one who did that. And you and I were still shooting minutes and you can't argue with John Burns. He's unarguable with because he just dominates the argument. (laughs) Right. But I mean, now fast forward 10 more years or whatever it's been. um, Geez, Louise, I can't imagine not hunting with my data on my turret. It's now. Now, do I do I have both? I always have the data and I have the minutes below it because not you almost never when I'm hunting do we use the minutes, but I would never want to go without having the minutes accessible either. But yeah. nowadays, um, you know, like for this, having having your having your information in your binoculars, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. why not? I'll tell you why not. Cost. Because mm. because they're more expensive, and yeah. and that's the thing that slows people down. But um, yeah. But you get. I mean, they have a, a weather station in the binoculars, essentially, now. You can pull your station pressure up. You can p- pull your temperature up. Um, you can pull your angle up. And it'll, it'll just give you the shoot-to range. I mean, that's it is fast. So it, it'd be uh, an analogy, I guess, in archery world would be fingers versus a release. That's how much faster this is shooting fingers with the accuracy of a release. How wow. do you like that? Wow. <laughs> so... Unbelievable! Parallel. Oh my gosh, that was that was good, huh? You you just won. You just won. <laughs> I'm getting into reloading. How much would you recommend moving the cartridge shoulder during the resizing pro- process? And my bolt. I'm a bolt action guy, and smooth chambering is vital. Um, that's an interesting question. I do mine at three thousandths, um, but I would say the other thing I would do is I would chamber all of them after I bump my shoulder back, um, and I. You know, that, that's the easy way. Um, I guess I don't worry too much about oversizing my dies or my brass either. I used to, um, but now, especially in hunting world, I would oversize instead of undersize. You know what would be a really good podcast to get Jon Snow on here? He loves reloading. We were going to do Aaron Olger, too. Well, let's we do should Aaron, do we Aaron, should Aaron, Aaron Olger. For sure. Why let's don't get, you text him today? I will. Um, and we see should. if he wants – and get it scheduled. scheduled. Yeah, because we were going to do a class. He's, he's not that busy. Aaron, if you're listening to this, you're not that busy. Come on, brother. I think Aaron does because he asked me he's – a, he's a powder executive, and he asked me, hey, can I ask you what powder? We were talking about the 22 Creedmoor one time, and I told him, and he's like, I figured that was what you were using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he knew. So he was, he was on it right away. He's oh. like, what powder were you using, Brad? Yeah. He actually texted me. Oh. Uh, I was like <laughs> – uh, so, so let's anyway. get him on. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, I mean, uh, reloading could be multiple. Uh, I mean, that's there's. It, yeah, it could be multiple, multiple podcasts. Do you think but, more people are doing that nowadays? Uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, the weird thing about 2023 is you can buy factory ammo that you couldn't buy in 1983. The the consistency and quality. So I don't know. Um, I don't. That's a good question. Um, Still worth looking into. I think it's worth. It's a good topic, for sure. Yeah. So. Um, that was that one. Um, smooth chambering. 
how long have we gone? Oh, we've gone. Do you want to do a couple more? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do a couple, couple more. more. Yeah. Um, I like it. I, I think this is good. Supportive of your I really spouses. Do. I think you're, we answered you're, the you're, supportive you're, you're of the spouses shitty, once, once, didn't we? Really good. <laughs> um, My wife hates this company. <laughs> you can't get away with that. Uh, <laughs> if I book a five-day hunt, does that mean I actually get five hunting days or does packing and travel or bad weather? Okay, that's a great Good question. question. Um, so a five-day hunt, you if you're going to do a five-day hunt, you're traditionally not it's in not the a Yukon. You're not in Alaska. Not you're not in northern BC. No. So that's usually, you know, I, like New Mexico would be a great example because they have five-day seasons. But that the hunt... Your hunt dates are usually total days involved. Um, total days planned and yep. prepared yep. for field and hunting yeah. uh, excursions. So if you're doing a 10-day hunt in BC, if usually the pack in and pack out. That, that Let's that, use New yeah. Mexico. Okay. Day three, you kill an elk. Yep. Day four, you're not hunting. Right. You're taking care of your elk. Day five, you're not hunting. What if I want to go coyote hunting because I'm there to hunt? You're not coyote hunting. They, they don't sell a lot yeah. of combos now. No, well, usually the they, in something like that, they want uh, they want to give the property, they want to give the land rest because they got people coming in. So, and yeah. even if they don't, you're going to be prepared. You're going to have to be involved in in, in planning on processing yeah. and working with that animal that afternoon. Okay, it's an elk mule deer hunt. I would be surprised on an elk mule deer hunt if it didn't burn a day the day you kill your for animal. Sure, too. You're, for sure, you're building, burning a day. you got to get it out. You and, gotta, then, and then they might have you the next morning planned on, hey, let's get your mule deer hunting. No problem. And I'm not saying that, but, but the, the reason I want to make sure I clarify that is because we've had guys that go into camp and they go, I shot a mule deer in the morning and I had to spend all day with that mule deer getting it out of the uh, bush and I should have been. I should have been out hunting elk that night. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I, I if I'm your guide and you kill it and drop it and look at me and go, um, uh, so get somebody in here, get this elk out of here, and now let's go mule deer hunting tonight. Um, I'm 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 not giving much deference to your uh, understanding of this combination. Yeah, you got to you got to you got to take care of the trophy, the meat. Everything that you just got—that's got to—that's right. the number one priority. So you're going to just want to be careful to all our listeners because yep. you know there's a there's a percent. I don't know who asked answered that asked, asked bad, that question. Bad weather can't, counts against your days. You can you can lose four or five days weather in, in animal, Alaska, and, BC, and yeah, animal yeah. movement. We just can't. So what if you kill a, on day five of a five day hunt and you got to spend an extra day getting it out? Do you get charged for that? No. no, hell no. No, I just, good, just good, thought I'd ask. Good I, question. No. No, it's actually a great question. So I got to tell you something. The last three nights, okay, um, I moved west of town, some west of one of the iconic peaks of the Black Hills, Crow Peak. And I'm on the base of the west side of the drainage that comes out of the north of all of the Black Hills. It's a pretty, pretty spectacular piece. I feel blessed to be there. I have views that would knock the socks off of anybody. The last three nights, I've gotten up in the middle of the night and I've went outside for reasons I would like not to discuss. <laughs> okay. But the fact of the matter is, the moon drives me crazy. And I want to tell you why the moon drives me crazy. You know, the sunset in the morning, you can get up and you know where the sun's going to come up at. And you know where it's going to go down tomorrow night. Yeah. And the next morning, you know where it's going to come up, and it's going to go down tomorrow night, same place. The King Moon, 
comes up where it wants to, when it wants to, how it wants to, and stays out as long as it wants to. Well, did you know yesterday was not only a blue moon, but a super blue moon? Well, that son of a bitch. It was big. <laughs> I, I could see. Lin, Lin, I go Lindley at 1030 last night. We Actually, about 11, we started watching this new series. About 11, I go outside. And I go, Lindley, you got to come out here and check this out. It, it in the last four nights it's been as light as almost the day. I can see I can see five miles. The moon's so bright. It's like Yukon at midnight. It it was crazy. Yeah. And then last night was not. It, so then Lindley goes, I've I've seen it the last three nights. I said no. You thought the last three nights were crazy, Lindley. I swear to you, I can see the neighbor's dog three quarters of a mile away. Wow. Anyway, it was so bright. I got up five hours later and went back outside. The moon was still in the same damn place. Why am I saying this about five days, four days, or three days of hunting? That fucking moon can mess you up on a sheep hunt, and the guy doesn't care that you spent $60,000 to go to Sonora and hunt sheep in the desert because it can come up and stay in the same place five nights in a row, and sheep will not move the next day because they were just out all night, and it was 70 degrees and sunny, and the moon created the sun. Every night, the last four nights, the coyotes have been howling like this sweet locator howl all the way around my property. And I could almost see them where they were howling at because it was so bright. Well, you know what? That's going to change game, and you have no control over that. I'm sorry. And so you got to kind of have that in your mind somewhere right. that that can happen. Yeah. And so on that sheep hunt that we're discussing, that was a – Seven-day sheep hunt that it never went seven days, and on the ninth day we killed a sheep that of uh, a sheep hunt of seven days that we planned on being there for five because they've never went seven. We even got a helicopter ram. We even got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. I wasn't shooting a little ram. It um, was not a little ram. <laughs> he passed up a bleep. He passed up. The canoe oh, that came did. to save oh, him okay. on the on the chimney, and then the boat, and then the boat, and then the helicopter. And I was like, Brian, this this might be the helicopter <laughs> that God sent to save you. <laughs> are you are you sure you're not going to climb onto that helicopter? Now I get it. Okay. No, it makes sense. Uh, you know sense. what that you know what that sheep was? That was God taking me over the the crest of that mountain, over the yeah. summit, in that saddle, which was a tall, rugged piece of shit. And uh, when we got over, guess that was a follow me ram. It wasn't yeah, the helicopter. That was the ram. follow me ram this way, because <laughs> oh then he ran us right into Big Daddy. <laughs> so, Gear, what is your go-to rangefinder? We just talked a little bit about this. Um, I I know what your well. I, here's a plug for Leica. I would say both both of our go-to uh, rangefinding binoculars. Well, first of all, we use, we both strongly prefer rangefinding binoculars. And uh, I would say we both prefer the Leicas. And, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, that you know, um, nobody else has one, in my opinion. Uh, you know, wow, well, Zeiss Sig. has a good one. Zeiss, Zeiss is actually Zeiss amazing. is really good, and and Suaro's amazing. Um, and uh, you know, we don't. Uh, um, people go, well, why wouldn't you buy a Swirl? Because we don't sell them. Um, no, I'm teasing. Well, I, this, no, I don't have a Swirl either. The Swirls, the sw in my opinion, because I've had yeah. them, they're not as good. No, and they're heavy. And heavy. Uh, I've heard that, heavy. But, um, yeah, they don't have the – They don't. I don't think they have as good a technology as the Geovid Pros. No. You have the Geovid I think it, Rs. I think it's the Geovids, then the Leicas. Or, I'm sorry, I think it's the Geovid, which is a Leica. Then Zeiss. 
And then Sig Sauer has the uh, Sig has the rangefinder figured out. Period. Oh my gosh! End of sentence. Amazing optics. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did that come out? The ones yeah. I'm using are here. Hold on. <laughs> that was Mr. Sound Effects. Can't spell that. <laughs> um, oh my! I'm surprised that they they put that blue film on those. How about this one? Hunting travel. I will be bear hunting, baited, in Canada for the first time in 2024. I do not have a Canadian firearms license. Do you know what forms I need to clear at the border? And have you ever had problems clearing customs? I plan to take my Ruger Model 77 through 8. Good choice. Be a great rifle for you. That Model 77 should bark on one. Um, it's not a problem. It's 25 bucks. You can get it cleared. You can do it right when you go into customs. I didn't save mine, apparently. I've, I've only ever had two problems. One was on my fourth trip back to Canada, and, and I almost say this with some trepidations because I don't want to sound pretentious. <laughs> Your 60-day <laughs> permit expired? <laughs> it did, and I told him I was fine, and I threw the 60-day permit up, and it was one day after, and I ran into Barney Fife. Oh, um, well, fortunately, it was, Barney, it, was, it was Barney Fife's sister because I want to get the gender right because there's only two genders. Uh, but anyway, um, the, uh, uh, she was of the female gender, and she wanted to – so I sat at the border for an hour explaining to her why I forgot that today was 61 because I was allegedly trying to bring in a rifle illegally, and they didn't know what – so that, I ran into some problems there. Um, the only other time I ran into problems on a forum thing was getting back into the United States two weeks ago in Calgary. Um, I, we ran into uh, – she was of the female gender, and she wanted to make sure that we had the full Monty of shakedown of bringing our rifles back into the United States. So, so there's not a number on the form, but it – oh, yeah, there is. GRC 5589E, but it's called – it's called the non-resident firearm declaration. Yeah, and you just got to declare it. And, it, and, and it's twenty-five bucks Canadian, and it works and to you get your rifle back yep. into the U.S. too. Well, in theory, you're supposed to have a forty-four fifty-seven. Right, but in theory, I've had that happen and said, "Hey, listen, here's the form. I I, dec I declared it going through their customs. Why isn't that good enough?" Right. And uh, anyway, let's be smart about this U.S. customs. But if you fill it out, you can fill it out here. And I did that, but I've never. Uh, the problem is, is you need uh, what is it, an eleven, uh, eight by fourteen sheet of paper, and your printer's got to print that off. Yeah, when you go, otherwise there, they hand it to you. Yeah, anyway. otherwise they'll hand it to you. They hand it to you, and then they say, "Fill this out, go over there." And now they hardly even look at your rifle. The last yeah. two times I've been up there, they didn't even open the rifle. So uh, it's um, been longer for me than that. Yeah, so it's just crazy. But now, then, then also, you might get the dude who. Strip searches it. Yeah, you I mean, and the rifle, right? And they get the full the the full flavor of it. Now the other 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 thing that I want you to know is that the the one thing I've had continued problems with, and it's my own fault because they make it clear, it's the airlines, and it's their TSA. Mm -hmm. If your bullets aren't in a separate bag that is declared and in a suitable organized um, uh, casing or packaging in a Ziploc bag does not count, they will absolutely tear you apart and kick you out of line. And do not bring brass in unless you have brass put back in the organized case for your brass. Because if it's in a Ziploc bag or a pouch, they're going to take it and throw it away. I was surprised that you had yours in the 
rifle case this year. <laughs> You've done this a hundred times. I didn't have a rifle case. Yeah, because you had to dig it out and then you had to stuff it in. Oh yeah, yeah. Once I got in this Canada, yeah, yeah. When I got in Canada, oh yeah, yeah. I knew that, but I. Oh, you were planning on it. No, I was planning on oh. it. I threw it in the rifle case because they fuck them. U.S. doesn't care, and I'm I'm not into their customs until I jump back on one yeah. of their planes anyway. And you can't check through. You got to clear customs. Yeah. So that's why I did it that way, because um, I didn't want to. I wanted to know where it was at. Gotcha. Because the reason I hate throwing it in my regular bag is then you're digging through trying to find it. They just generally they ask you, do you have ammunition in your rifle case? No. Is it in the original box in your other case? Yes. Boom. Well, somebody shot my rifle before I left um, and confirmed zero. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All right. um, Let's move on. What's the next question? Maybe time for one more. One more. Um, What is the latest on Wyoming non-resident hunting restrictions? Uh, is the ninety ten plan in effect? Um, ninety ten's in for the big five. Yep, it's in for the big, big five four, this year. Realistically, yep, because um, grizzly bear keeps getting uh, tied up in federal courts if it's uh, endangered or uh, you know um, non huntable species. Blah 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 blah. So that makes it the big four. In yes, the, and the, the prices the went is, up ninety percent. It seems like, huh? <laughs> yeah. The answer to the question is yes. Unfortunately, is that what the ninety ten is? <laughs> and uh, um, and I would say uh, elk, mule deer, and antelope. You should get some points um, and uh, forget they have them until you find a great deal through Rolling Bones Outdoors to go hunt one of those species. Um, and uh, the rest of it, I would say, oh, good luck unless you're 20 years old and you're going to be in for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so when you're 70, my son Lucas can go hunting. <laughs> Big yeah, ninety ten. Yeah, interesting. Because if you put in for ninety percent of your life, ten percent of the people get a uh, a uh, um, to draw. You know, and that's that's, what is, what that's, that's, yeah, that's but they're the, right. The no, I cost I'm, I'm the cost has gone up that. enough that your twenty year olds. I mean, a special antelope tag. What is it? Twelve hundred bucks or something? Now? Yeah, it's stupid. You'd need wow. somebody. I, I applaud. No, it was that much. Now, yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's honestly. Here's the thing. You want to experience. Come to one of our academies, shooting academies. We'll take you out west. We'll shoot you steel targets. We'll teach you how to be a western hunter and work on it. You you want that experience? Uh, get your butt out here. You want an experience to go um, on a mule deer hunt, an antelope hunt, even an elk hunt that you want to save for a few years. You, your best strategy is to get become a member of ours, start getting some points, get a hunt plan, let us go through and see what you qualify for based, and start chipping away at it in three, four years. Go do that. The, the cost of this shit is getting so crazy. It's it's pushing the not even the average guy out. It's making it uh, an uber-rich game to, to uh, um, hunt some of these species in some of these locations. And the state's playing right into this hand because they're forcing that same thing. Because now, oh yeah, you you don't you know you can get a guide still for six grand if you draw a sheep tag. Mm, I'd like to know where. Um, okay, uh, but let's say you could. The sheep tag now is three thousand. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not in Wyoming. That used to be thirty-two something. Wait, but I'm just saying in some states that what what is Wyoming? So you're gonna even even more speak to what I'm saying. I know. It's God, everything's getting so uh, license fee-less. Let's find out. Well, it's just fun. Let's just look at elk non-resident. I thought the, I thought the I thought it was thirty-four. It's thirty-two when I got mine. So my, I, I think it's I. I yeah. So let's say it's four thousand plus a six thousand dollar hunt. 
that's ten thousand dollars to go hunting. Um, a and let's say some thirty-year-old drew that tag. How, how's a thirty-year-old with two kids making sixty grand a year going to peel out? Um, you know, uh, whatever twelve percent of his annual income. What's ten percent of sixty thousand? Six thousand. So he's no, got eleven percent of his annual income. Uh, hey, kids, wife. I know you wanted to have like the trip to McDonald's this week. Not happening, little ingrates. Dad's going hunting. I need every nickel to get out because I drew a tag. It's just come on. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Just yeah. drives me nuts anyway. Now now I'm getting on my soapbox. Oh, don't well, so, don't soap. You can use the help plan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say get on this, get an application and start chipping away. Make some payments. Hunt Expedition Layaway. You want to learn more about it? Go to Rolling Bones Outdoors, Rolling Bones Outdoors, or rollingbones.com. One or the other. Look at our memberships. We have a a silver, a gold, and a platinum. The biggest difference between the uh, silver is an introductory. I want to build, I want to buy a hunt. I want to do applications in one state. It kind of tips your toe in it. The the, uh, gold, every state, all species, all 50 states, we do your applications for you. We manage it. 50, 100, or 500, doesn't matter. The 500, you you want trophy quality management, uh, um, tag management uh, approach. You want um, uh, travel portfolios when you travel. You want tip-to-tail white glove service. That's, That's your membership. But either way, not any one of those three offers... Uh, uh, less energy when we engage with you. We give everybody the same service, access, value, and education when it comes to uh, um, uh, what we do. Now, the cool thing about the $150. It's $3,000, you are right. It's going to $3,000. Yeah. The narrative that I'm trying to say yeah. is that it's just gotten crazy. Um, and so become an antelope, a mule deer, uh, elk, a whitetail hunter, and, and let's go have fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, you know, let's talk about Texas. Let's talk about Mexico. Let's talk about some other hunts like that. Let's talk about, uh, uh, um, New Zealand. Let's talk about, uh, uh, Argentina. There's a lot of places like that that are still more afford. They're more affordable than King Colorado. (laughs) Excuse my language. Bleep that out. Bleep. That was, that was with Evans's. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got it. All right. Well, anyway, that's a bunch of the. There you go. So go to our membership. Go ahead, bleep. You want to say something? Well, I was going to say, you know, as as that cost goes up, it becomes a little bit more involved in trying to find your opportunity. That's why it helps to have an expert that that can help you navigate through that. And we want to be that expert. So so silver, gold, or platinum, we will help uh, get you there. We can build a dashboard. The cool thing is, is we have a heat map. You know how many points you have. You know where you're at. You can see where you're at with your application strategy every year. We want to help you and offer service, access, value, and education. The help plan is Hunt Expedition Layaway Plan. Uh, the only one of its type in the industry. You can track it where you're at, how long you have. It'll uh, amortize your uh, um, schedule out for you. There's a $350 service fee up front to get involved in it. We charge you no interest. Uh, we make the arrangements. We organize it with the outfitter, and uh, we get everything set up. Nobody, nobody, nobody is doing it, and uh, um, we have it. So go to rollingbones.com. Check us out. Listen, in all sincerity, it is September 1st. 
2023, and we normally don't timestamp this. But I want to tell you something. Brad and I have done I – don't, I don't know if this will be 182 or 185, but we've done just close – bleep with you. The three of us have done just close to 200 of these. You know, we have over 50,000 downloads, people that listen to this, all over the country. We are super pleased to bring this to you every, uh, every week. And uh, we do have opinions on stuff. It doesn't make us right or wrong, okay? It makes us how we approach it. But our attitude approach and application is if we can give you one ounce of favor in the hunting world, whether it be a tip, a piece of advice, a little humor, Brad's stupidity, you know, we're, we're here to help. <laughs> anyway honestly in all sincerity we appreciate you listening let other people know about this we appreciate that and if you're not a member become a member see if it actually happens uh that we give you the service access value and education that we say we do and i'll bet you it does so anyway uh until next time stay safe be healthy and happy hunting Cut. Ha <laughs> ha.